Hello, and welcome to Wicked Wednesdays, your weekly podcast on sex and sexuality, with an emphasis on BDSM, kink, and poly relationships. I'm your host, Wicked Fellow, and this week we're going to talk about trust. It's a topic that I have promised to address individually, and with the events in our country this week, it seemed especially topical. Before we get started this week, I want to send a very special thank you to Rena, Tara, and Monica, our newest Patreon supporters. Thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate it. I know that I have talked about getting new stuff up on Patreon. Being sick for two weeks really put a damper on anything I could do, as this is a very vocal medium, and as you can hear, my voice is still not quite where it should be. I didn't want to push off yet another week, I've already missed two, and getting in here and making sure that I at least got something out this week was really important to me. But there will be new Patreon content coming, and hopefully I can get through this podcast without losing my voice entirely. I ended up getting sick like Tuesday or Monday before the last podcast and almost lost my voice completely. I was sure that I would get it back before the next Wednesday, and and last Wednesday I was still very, very hoarse. And even now I'm having a hard time getting a clear enunciation. I'm sure this will come across. Sorry for the bad audio quality this week, but I do want to get stuff out there for you guys. I miss this engagement that I have with you. Obviously on weeks that I don't put out podcasts, the viewer-fan interaction is much less which I understand, of course. I still get a lot, but there's a clear drop-off on weeks where I don't put out a podcast. So I want to get back to you guys. I want to make sure that you guys are getting the podcast every week like you expect, and as I've come to promise that I'll get them out there. So yeah, this is one of those weeks where I sat down in front of the camera, and what I had planned on talking about suddenly seemed very unimportant. It seemed very trivial compared to what's going on in the country today, what's going on because of the Supreme Court decision that they're very likely going to overturn Roe v. Wade. I'm not going to talk about that much on this episode. I am going to cover that. I think Katja and I will sit down and do a special episode because it's something that impacts us both very personally and intimately and that we're both very upset about. And, you know, honestly, sitting down today, getting ready to talk about what I was going to talk about, it just seems like very small potatoes because this is a huge issue and it's very difficult for me to see these hard-won social and personal freedoms being stripped away. And it makes me very angry. It makes me want to do something. Sometimes you feel very powerless when the wheels of government are turning And you're just a cog in the machine and a very unimportant cog at that. So yeah, we are going to address that. I think Katya and I will sit down tomorrow or the next day and record a special episode detailing our thoughts on it, detailing the ramifications that we see. Because this is not just about reproductive rights. It's really not. This is the first step, the first domino in what may be a very severe pulling back on civil rights on gay and LGBTQ plus rights, on just basic norms that we've enjoyed for the last 50 years 
being stripped away from us by a very small minority of people who feel like they know what's right for everybody. And that's something that I have a hard time dealing with. So yeah, if you are interested in that kind of thing, I do try to stay away from politics in general, but this is something that I am going to speak out about. Katja and I will do an episode in the next couple of days and we'll put that out, but it'll be kind of a adjunct or annex episode to Wicked Wednesdays. So as I was sitting here thinking about what I was going to talk about, it occurred to me that recently we talked about trust and I didn't want to get too far into the subject on that episode because trust is something that's very near and dear to my heart as a dom, as a person. And it's kind of fascinating in and of itself, the concept of trust, the experience of trust between two people or a person and a group of people. And so I wanted to dedicate this episode to trust because it does kind of tie in with how I'm feeling about being betrayed by one of the august organizations in the United States, the Supreme Court. But trust is one of those things that it seems to have the same effect on a global scale, on a international scale, on a singular scale. So I wanted to talk about the nature of trust, specifically between a dom and a sub. And as I've often said on this podcast, communication is probably the bedrock foundational quality that will make or break a BDSM relationship, a kink relationship, any relationship. The first layer of stones above that foundation is trust. And trust is something that we all know what it is. It's almost indefinable. And it has the very strange quality of being one of the strongest feelings between two people and also one of the most delicate, the most easily shattered. So it's a very interesting topic to me. And it's something that in all the relationships that I've had, and I've had many, I've, I've been fortunate enough or unfortunate enough to experience a lot of relationships in my life. And the trust factor has been probably one of the most important facets of any relationship that I've ever been in. So by definition, trust a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. It's pretty accurate. So how does trust work between two people? How does trust work in a relationship? Oddly, sometimes it is easier to have trust and faith in someone that is a complete stranger to you. And that's mainly because they haven't, at least at this point, shown you that they are not trustworthy. So we'll call that a neutral trust. When you first enter a relationship with somebody, the trust is at a zero level. You don't have any reason to distrust them. You don't have any reason to trust them necessarily. So we're at zero. Some people will give you a feeling of being untrustworthy out of the gate. They seem off to you. They seem like they aren't giving you all the information. You may feel like they're not being candid with you from the beginning, and that can start to lower your trust in them. Or they seem very open, very honest, and very candid with you. And that can raise their trust in your opinion. The thing about trust is 10 years of trust building. 10 years of a relationship where the person shows up when they say they're going to show up. They do what they say they're going to do. They are the person that they present themselves to you as. Can be shattered by one event. One thing 
one incident can cause you to lose trust in them and make you question whether or not you should have ever trusted them. That's what I'm talking about when I say that trust is this strangely strong and durable and powerful emotion between two people and also incredibly brittle and fragile. Trust can be lost so easily. And as I mentioned in the episode where I first brought up trust, I don't believe that we have a lot of choice in the matter. I don't think you can choose to trust somebody. I believe that you can choose to give someone the opportunity to earn your trust. Often we fall into a very cynical mindset where we refuse to trust people. No matter how many times they've proven to us that they are trustworthy, we have a hard time trusting. Because maybe in your past, you've been let down, you've been betrayed, you've been done wrong by people that you had given your trust to. Therefore, you reserve it, you hold it close to your chest, and you're very reticent to give somebody your trust, even if they've earned it. And that can be very painful for the person on the other side of that transaction. If I, for example, have been trustworthy, and you know if you've been trustworthy or not, yes? You know if you've done what you said you're going to do. You know if you've been honest with somebody. You know if you have been the person you present yourself to be. If you've done those things and that person still does not trust you, that's a very painful feeling. That's a very disappointing feeling. And it can certainly prevent you from wanting to draw close to that person. And on the other side of that, if you've been hurt in the past, if you've been betrayed in the past and let down in the past, it can be very difficult to extend that trust. Even if someone has earned it, even if they've never done anything that's untrustworthy, you can still find yourself having a hard time extending that trust to that person. You may want to, you may try to, but you're still holding back. You still have that reservation. So in a relationship with somebody, obviously at first, you only have a certain level of trust. You have an, a zero, a base level of trust for that person. They haven't shown you that they are trustworthy. They haven't shown you that they are untrustworthy. As that relationship grows and you find them to be trustworthy, you do have to take that risk. You have to make that leap of faith into giving them a certain amount of trust. I wouldn't recommend that anybody dive headfirst into a relationship, give 100% trust to a stranger who has not earned that amount of trust yet. On the other side, if you're entering into a relationship, it's wrong of you to expect your partner to grant you a large amount of trust. You haven't earned it yet. You do need to prove to somebody that you can be trustworthy, that you do what you say you're going to do, that you are the person you say you are. And that can take time. Sometimes that can take a very long time, depending on how hard it is for the person you're in a relationship with to trust. And we've all been hurt. We've all been in relationships where we felt betrayed. We've all been in relationships where we felt like we knew somebody and it turned out that we didn't know them like we thought we did. John Craigie has a song called I Am California that has a lyric that is, We struggle with our lovers, we don't know who to let in, because the new ones pay for the old ones' sins. And that is, that line hit me especially hard when I first heard it, because, yeah, I definitely have a hard time extending trust to a new partner 
because of past experience. You know, so many times I've been let down. So many times I've granted someone that trust and that intimacy only to be betrayed in the end. And it can be very difficult not to carry that forward and cause our new partners to try and somehow prove that they won't do the same thing that our past partners did. And that's a heavy burden to place on a new partner. It's a heavy burden for somebody else to bear that I've been hurt in the past and I'm expecting you to hurt me in the same way that they did. That's hard to get over. And that's something that I've experienced from both sides, obviously. I've had it from myself where I've had a hard time trusting a new person. And I've certainly felt that I was paying for some past person's wrongdoing with a new partner. That's part of human relationship. That's part of who we are as people. It can be very difficult to let go of what happened before and extend the new person that trust. Because whenever you trust somebody, obviously you're opening yourself up to heartache. You're opening yourself up to possible betrayal and hurt. You don't really have a choice if you want to grow intimacy with somebody, if you want to grow that bond of friendship and trust and love with somebody, you have to take that risk. You have to be willing to say, yes, I have been hurt in the past. Yes, I have been betrayed. I've been let down. I've given my trust to people who did not deserve it in the end. If you choose to never extend that trust again, you're only harming yourself. Yes, it feels like you're protecting yourself. Yes, it feels like you're keeping yourself safe. But what you're really doing is keeping yourself alone. You're keeping yourself isolated. You're keeping yourself from experiencing the joy that is having trust with another person. So in the dom-sub relationship, in the kink relationship, in the BDSM relationship, trust is a huge factor, right? I would say perhaps even more so than in your regular vanilla dating relationship. Obviously, any time that you're intimate with somebody, any time that you spend a significant amount of time with somebody else, trust is a big deal, you know. Is this person going to harm me in some way? Is this person going to betray me? Is this person using me for something, etc.? We have those fears any time that we're in a relationship with somebody. In the BDSM setting, because sometimes what we do is dangerous, sometimes what we do is very extreme, the trust that we have to extend to one another takes on another level. Because not only am I trusting this person to not betray me and keep my secrets and not badmouth me to other people, etc. But sometimes I'm trusting this other person with my safety. I'm trusting them with my physical and emotional safety, my well-being. And that can be very difficult, especially if you've had bad experiences in the past. If you've had someone that betrayed your trust or let you down. If you found yourself in that position, if you found yourself feeling like, I'm afraid to trust this new person because I've been let down in the past. You can't live your life in fear. You can't continue to move forward if you are never willing to extend that trust again. Yes, you might get hurt again, and that sucks. It really does. But you can't have that intimacy. You can't have the experience of a relationship with somebody if you never extend that trust again. We would all after our first hard breakup, lead a solitary monastic existence if we weren't willing to get back out there and, and extend that trust again. 
So I'm not telling you to ignore your gut feeling. I'm not telling you to ignore the experiences you've had in the past. If you find yourself in a similar situation to one in which you've been hurt before, you know, you earned that life lesson for a reason. However, you have to balance. You have to balance your fear and anxiety, sometimes paranoia, with the reality of the situation. So one of the problems with trust is like, is that much like you can't decide to trust someone, you can only give someone the opportunity to earn your trust. You can extend the chance to earn your trust to somebody. When they have broken your trust, there's really nothing you can do about it. You have that feeling. You have been let down. You've been betrayed. And there are some ways to manage it. So first of all, ask yourself, you know, was this intentional? Was this unintentional? Was there anything that the person could do about it? You know, I try very hard to do what I say I'm going to do and be the person that I say I am. And if I say I'm going to pick you up at the airport at 7 o'clock, I'm setting two alarms and I'm making sure that I don't have another obligation that I have to do and etc. But if I have a flat tire on the way there, that's not my fault necessarily, right? So you have to ask yourself, did the person do everything they could do within reason to fulfill the obligation of your trust? You know, were they able to do the thing and they didn't do it or they forgot about it or etc.? Or did something prevent them from doing it? Was there another explanation besides they just don't care about you? They, they are just simply unworthy of your trust. You know, that happens. Life happens. We often expect to have one outcome and life hands us a really bad deal and we aren't able to do what we say we're going to do. You know, that happens. You have to make sure that the reason that you are losing trust in someone is legitimate. People do the wrong thing all the time. You know, people make bad decisions. People say they're going to do one thing and then they end up doing something completely different. Ask yourself why, you know. Try and figure out, did this person actually betray my trust? Or did they not understand the situation? Did they not act in a way that they should have? And I've certainly been guilty of that. I have understood a situation to be one thing, and there was a miscommunication. I didn't understand what was actually going on between myself and another person. And I ended up breaking their trust or hurting their feelings or etc., completely unintentionally because I thought I was doing the right thing and what I thought was the right thing ended up being the wrong thing. You know, that absolutely happens. There are times when you may find yourself in a situation in life where you have no choice but to choose the lesser of two bad outcomes. And sometimes the lesser of two bad outcomes means breaking the trust in somebody that you have been in a relationship with in order to avert a much worse outcome. And unfortunately in my life, I've been there more than once where I was unable to fulfill my obligations to one person, my trust in one person, because another person's need was more severe, was greater than. And when I find myself in that kind of situation, I absolutely try to communicate that if I can. I will say, yes, I I promised you I was going to be there for your birthday. However, this thing has come up. I won't be able to come. I'm very sorry. 
If I could possibly make it work, I would, but I can't. So I ask your forgiveness. I understand if you're unable to forgive this because I know I told you I would do this thing. That's part of being a grown-up. That's part of being an adult living in a real world. Not everything goes to plan. Not everything can be the way we want it to be all the time. As a dom, your sub's trust in you is everything. I can't overemphasize how important it is to maintain your sub's trust in you as a dom. Being the person that you said you were going to be, doing the things that you said you were going to do, is incredibly important. So not overpromising. We talked about that in the how to initiate a relationship between a dom and a sub. Making sure that you're able to do what you say you're going to do. If you promise them one session every week, make sure that you can do one session every week. Don't say that you can do four sessions if you can't. Or let them know. For example, I would like to have more than one session with you a week. However, it's going to be subject to my schedule. I can promise you one, but I can't promise you more than one. On some weeks, I will be able to give you more than one session, but on most weeks, I will not. You know, be honest. We all want to deliver. We all want to impress. We all want to be the hero, but we have to be realistic. And it's so much better to under-promise and over-deliver than to over-promise and under-deliver. You know, it's that famous psychological experiment. If I give you two cookies and then I take one away, you feel like you've been cheated, you've been robbed, you've been done dirty. Whereas if I just give you one cookie, you're happy, you have a cookie. Human psychology is what it is, and we have to respect that, we have to understand that. We can't change it, so we have to work within the bounds of how our brains work. So giving somebody two cookies and taking one away will always make them feel bad. Giving them one cookie will make them feel good. So always be sure that you are promising what you can deliver. It's better to say, I can promise you one session a week and then give them two sessions. That's awesome. And I'm being very general, obviously, because this goes to every single aspect of the dom-sub relationship. It is crucial that you stand by your word. And if you are unable to do the thing that you said you're going to do, for whatever reason, whether it's your fault or life, make sure that you communicate it as quickly as you can, as honestly as you can, and understand that just because you have a valid excuse doesn't mean that there's not going to be disappointment. There's not going to be hurt feelings. There's not going to be a letdown on the part of you to your sub. You may say, You've been very good this week. I want to take you out to dinner on Friday night. Let's go to a nice restaurant. And then something comes up on Friday. Something that prevents you from going. Something that's outside of your control. When you communicate that to your sub, there's going to be disappointment. They may feel bad. They may feel hurt that you're unable to do the thing you said you're going to do. Even if you have a valid reason why you can't do it. You have to be understanding of that. You have to help them. You have to make sure that, A, you are doing what you said you're going to do. And it's not just a whim of yours where you promised a Friday night dinner, but now you don't feel like it. And so you say, no, that's not going to cut it. That's not good enough. 
But if your grandmother falls terribly ill and you need to rush to a hospital, yes, maybe that does take precedence over a dinner date. But you damn well better make up for it. You damn well better tell your sub, look, I'm very sorry. I know I said I was going to come out with you Friday night. However, I need to do this thing. I have to go see my grandmother. But as soon as I have an available time, I will take you out. I will make this up. Because that's part of being a dom. That's part of being the person on the top-down control. That's part of being in charge, is that all those privileges that come with command and being in charge have a cost, and that cost is responsibility. And unfortunately, a lot of people want the privileges, but they don't want to pay the cost. So again, as a dom, do what you say you're going to do. Be the person that your sub expects you to be. Make sure that you're communicating to them honestly what's going on with you. That doesn't mean you can't be a human being and you can't have feelings and you can't have, hey, you know what? I'm not really feeling like doing a scene tonight. Are you okay with postponing this to, for a couple of days, etc.? Don't make a habit of it. You know, make sure that you're delivering on your promises. Make sure that you're being the person your sub thinks you are. Make sure you're being the person you promised to be to your sub. But realize that if you are the one failing in your responsibility, you have no one but yourself to blame if they start to lose trust in you. And that is the kind of crux of our situation. I've been the person who was trustworthy and wasn't trusted. And that is very painful. I've also been the person that had to let down someone that trusted me. And experiencing that disappointment, experiencing that pain and loss of trust, knowing that this person counted on you and you were not able to deliver, for me at least, was a very hard lesson. That's one of those things that I avoid at all costs. And that doesn't mean that I shirk my responsibility and I'm unwilling to take on responsibility, but it means that my responsibilities and the things that I have chosen to do with my life, I take super seriously. Sometimes it can be very helpful to have a hierarchy, to make sure that it's very clear to you and the person in the relationship with you where your priorities are. So you may be able to say to them, you are my first priority, my job is my second priority, my friends are my third priority, etc., etc. And make sure that that is real. Make sure that that is something that works for you. Make sure that you are in a relationship where that makes sense. You know, for me, my partners are the top priority. Nothing comes ahead of them, which means that anytime I have a relationship or a friendship or an obligation that comes second to them, I make it very clear to that obligation that, hey, I will come do this event for you unless one of my partners has a dire need that they need me first because I will choose them over whatever it is I've told you I'm going to do. And that can be work, that can be a speaking engagement, that can be whatever. But I prioritize my partners first. Everything else comes second. Now, is there an art to deciding whether your partner has a pressing need or whether it's something that they can put off. That's the vagaries of having a human relationship. It's trying to have good, open, honest communication between you and whatever that priority is. But for example, if your partner needs you, if your partner is stuck on the side of the road or 
they had a pressing engagement that requires help, etc. Life is messy. You have to know to yourself in your heart where your priorities are. So, yeah, you promised to work on Friday, but your partner needs you. What's more important to you? Having figured that out ahead of time can make your life a lot easier, can make your life a lot more simple. And sometimes you have very hard decisions to make. Your boss may tell you, if you don't come into work on Friday, you're going to lose your job. And you have to weigh that against the, my partner is in a dire situation and they need me. Is this worth losing my job over? You know, life is like that sometimes. I have absolutely been in situations like that. And having a very clear priority list made it easier to navigate those difficult life situations where if I said, I will be here for you no matter what, when you need me, case closed, problem solved. I'll get another job. That's just how it is. There's other times where you can tell your partner, I would love to come to your function, but I'm working that day and I can't. I can't get off on this just to attend a function for you. If you were in the hospital or you were in crisis or you needed me, I would be there. But this is an optional thing. This is a fun thing. This is something you would like me to be at. But I have a preceding obligation that I have to go to. I wish that life was more easy. I wish that life was simpler. I wish that we didn't have to make these hard decisions. But sometimes we do. So that situation requires a balancing of trust on both sides. You as the person in charge, as a dom, need to decide... Should I be attending this event? Should I ask off of work or find another way around this so that I can attend this event? Or is this something that I can miss because I will go to the next one. I will make sure that the next time my partner has this kind of event, I will make myself available to it. You have to navigate that. On the other side of the relationship, make sure that you're not asking too much of the person who you have entrusted. So... If you're having a bridal shower at 10 o'clock on Tuesday and your partner's working, you may not be able to expect them to show up. It may be out of the bounds of normal decency and reason to expect your partner to drop everything for something you have planned at an inconvenient time or for something that is not crucial to you. On that same token, I certainly understand what it's like to have a partner who never seemed to make time for you and the things that you thought were important. They never chose you over whatever other responsibility they had. So I'm not saying this is easy. This is a very delicate and nuanced thing in a relationship where it can very easily feel like, you know, I've had four shows this month and my partner did not make it to any of them. They never saw fit to reschedule or find a way to come see one of my shows. And that can be very painful. That can be very hard. And you have to, when you're the person in that relationship, when you're the person that has entrusted somebody and been let down, you have to decide, you know, did they do their best? Is my request to them above and beyond the call of duty in this relationship? Or are they really prioritizing other things in their life ahead of me? Only you can make that decision. But I encourage you to think it out. I encourage you to make sure that you're not overreacting, that you're not being overly sensitive, that you are taking into an account their responsibilities and their needs and what they need to do, 
and making sure that you're not making yourself the main character all the time because it's a very hard lesson to learn, but we're not the main character in the entire world. Often other people have things that are more important than we are, even a close partner, even someone that you're intimate with, even with your dom or your sub. Sometimes you need to recognize that you are not the most important thing in the world and you need to take a back seat. You shouldn't always have to take a back seat with an intimate partner or a dom or a sub, but sometimes you have to and you can't let that color your judgment of them. Listen to what they're saying, see how they're comporting themselves, and give them the chance to do the right thing. If they consistently do the wrong thing, you will lose trust in them. You will not have a choice. You will, by the nature of human relationships, lose that strange mythical quality we call trust. Because when we're let down, it's not something that we can control. If someone breaks your trust, they have broken your trust and there's really nothing you can do about it to regain it. You can give them the opportunity to earn your trust again, but you're always going to have that hesitancy. You're always going to have it in the back of your mind that I relied on this person to pick me up from the airport and they forgot and they let me down and I had to call a cab or I had to call somebody else and it's going to be very hard for me in the future to trust this person because they have proven themselves untrustworthy. And if you're the person that proved yourself untrustworthy, you got to bite the bullet. You have to realize, yeah, I screwed up. I made a mistake. I didn't intend to let you down, but I let you down. Please give me the opportunity to earn your trust again and understand that that is something that you are not entitled to. If you've let somebody down, sometimes you got to build up from square one. Sometimes you have to start at, I don't trust you and move back up to, okay, I trust you again. It can be really hard. Honestly, sometimes it never comes back. It really depends on the severity of the breach of trust. So, as you can hear, my voice is going. I can barely get a word out. I do want to talk about this more. I want to talk about this with Katja. As I said, I do think that Katja and I will do a special episode on Roe v. Wade and what's going on with the potential overturning of that landmark decision. We'll do that as a separate kind of bonus episode. It's good to be back. I've missed you guys. I miss the correspondence. I can't wait to hear from you guys again. Keep those questions coming. Keep that correspondence coming. I really do enjoy it. I know I'm slow getting back sometimes, but I really do enjoy the correspondence that I get from all of you, from all over the world. It really boggles my mind sometimes that I have people in Turkey writing me. I have people in China writing me. I have people literally all over the world. And... To have this kind of reach, to have this kind of interaction with all of you is a huge privilege. And it's something that I, I take very seriously and I want to get better at timely communication. Just some notes that I've had in my mind recently. One of them is on the correspondence that I have with a lot of you, which is I've come to appreciate it as really the best part of this job. People from all over the world write to me every day and I do my best to get back to you as soon as I possibly can. One thing that I avoid doing is just dashing off a quick message saying, hey, thank you, I appreciate it, especially if you've asked a question or especially if you've brought up a topic that's 
requires a much more thoughtful response. And that's because since I am communicating with so many people every day, if once I send something out in my mind, it checks that box as this is done. And I have a very hard time getting back to it. And so I try not to respond until I have time to sit down, read the message, think about it, and compose a proper response to the question or the comment. And sometimes that can take a week. Sometimes it can take more than a week. And I do try to get to them. I have a long list of messages that I need to send out. And if for some reason you've written and you never heard back from me, it's very likely that it's just gotten further pushed down my list. I do try to get to them as soon as possible, but I know that I let some slip through the cracks and I really don't like doing that. I'm continuously going through my inbox and outbox, making sure that I have sent replies to the people that have written to me. But I know that I can be very slow to get a response out. And sometimes I do forget to get a response to someone who I've promised a response to, or that I have read their email or their message and thought, man, this is something that I need to sit down and write a detailed response to. And then it gets pushed off and I forget about it, which is, it's rough. I need a secretary to help me keep track of all this stuff, but it's, it's just me. So if you've written, I will try to get back to you. I will try to get back to you as soon as I can. I'm trying to figure out a way where I can keep track of all the correspondence I get. A lot of the things I get are very simple. Somebody will write and they'll say, hey, I love your work and it's really important to me. I love that kind of response and it's very impactful to me. It lets me know that I am reaching people and that this is worthwhile and something that I should keep doing. Those are very easy to respond to. You know, I say, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for writing, etc." But when people write to me and they have a serious question, they have a serious issue that they're seeking advice or help with, I really don't want to just send them a, hey, thanks for your question email, because then in my mind, I'm done. I've, I've checked that box and I don't need to get back to that. So I need to find some way to balance between making sure that I get back to those people that have asked questions in a timely fashion so that I get them a response before a month has gone by, for example. But... If you're listening and you've written to me and you haven't heard back, I will try to get some stuff out to you. I'm going to try to dedicate like one day a week to sitting down and doing correspondence. I think that will help as most of the time I can write a very quick reply to a nice compliment that's been given to me, etc. But if you've asked me a serious question, I want to take it seriously. I want to sit down and think about it and write you a genuine response and... I can't do that all the time. Otherwise, I, I would do nothing but sit down and do correspondence. So I have to balance. Keep that fan mail coming in. Keep those questions coming in. You know, if you have advice that you're seeking, etc., keep that coming in. I will try to get better about getting things out faster. Uh, that's my biggest problem. I usually get things out, but sometimes it takes me three or four weeks to get you a response. And I know that that's suboptimal. So that's my, my promise to you guys is I will try to get better at being more on the point and getting responses to you guys faster. As always, consent is king. Take very good care of each other. And I'll see you next week.